When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right. Welcome into the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I am the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started today, make sure to follow The Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at The Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash The Viking Age. All right, on today's show, I'm going to be joined by Nick Edland. He writes for us here at The Viking Age. We're going to talk about uh, Stefan Diggs' success in Buffalo, and then we're going to get right into, you know, reviewing the Vikings 2020 rookie class. So, you know, without further ado, here is our conversation with Nick Edland. All right, on today's show, I'm joined by Nick Edland. He writes for us here at the Viking Age. So uh, just welcome to the show, Nick. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No problem. All right, before we get into some stuff about the Vikings 2020 rookie class, I wanted to ask you a question about uh, Stefan Diggs. So Diggs' new team, Buffalo Bills, they're headed to the AFC Championship uh, this season after beating the Ravens last night. Do you find yourself rooting for the Bills in this year's playoffs because of Diggs, or is it maybe too difficult since he's not doing it in a Vikings uniform? Uh, no, I actually, I am been rooting for the Bills, and it's not so much because of Diggs, just because they're kind of been an underdog team. Uh, you hate to see the same old teams keep on winning, but I have no ill will towards Stephon Diggs. I feel that was a very even trade. Uh, mm-hmm. We got Justin Jefferson owed the deal. They got Stephon Diggs. He got to be the focal point of an offense like he wanted. Uh, yeah, he's a great player. I hated to see him go, but I felt we got fair compensation for him, and clearly it's worked out for both of us. So. I, do not, I don't root against Stephon Diggs. I'll always love Stephon Diggs, especially for what he did. I think I'm actually wearing a shirt. Oh, no, it's Randy Moss. But uh, it's, uh, you know, the Minnesota <laughs> miracle. So, uh, yeah, um, I have no problem with Stephon Diggs having success. I'm rooting for him. Yeah, he'll always have a place in, in Vikings history, especially with that miracle play. But he was a great player for the, the team for many years. And like you said, the Vikings got, you know, a very fair compensation for, for that because they got just <clears throat> they got Justin Jefferson who potentially could even turn out to be even better yep. than uh Stefan Diggs and then the Bills are obviously happy with what they got since they're in the AFC championship, partly because of him. So yeah, I don't I don't think I have any problem with him 
either. I enjoyed his time with the Vikings, and I'm I think I'm becoming more and more just respectful of him, maybe going about and doing something that's more to the benefit of him because that's just you know, and you're you're in the NFL, you only have this short period amount of time to have success, mm-hmm. and uh, so he's got to do you know what he can to achieve his goals in that that short period of time. So he did that, and now yeah, you know, he's gone. And I mean, I'm a little surprised that he's having so much success. I thought Josh Allen would be overthrowing him. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then he'd just be getting, you know, all upset like he was with Cousins. But, uh, and just, you know, turn the whole thing sour. But those two have, they've clicked. And uh, apparently Diggs is fast enough to get under uh, Allen's bomb. So it's working out for him. <laughs> yeah, they're doing, they're doing good over there. All right, let's get into uh, some talk about the Vikings 2020 rookie class. There's a lot of, you know, good things to like about what they did. But I was wondering if, you know, you can maybe give me some likes and dislikes or for uh, some of the most no- notable players from the Vikings rookie class. And uh, I'll just go like down, you know, one by one for the first few. And then we'll get into some some groups because there's some that just didn't even play for the Vikings in uh, 2020. So are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's just start with Justin Jefferson. What do you got for some some likes for him? Was there anything oh. that you liked about Justin Jefferson in 2020? Oh, there, were, there was maybe a couple things liked about <laughs> Justin Jefferson. Uh, to me... <laughs> He's the he's the one in maybe every ten year kind of player you draft. I think the last time the Vikings got somebody of this potential, this caliber, was Adrian Peterson back in 07. Um, historic rookie season: eighty eight receptions, fourteen hundred yards. Those were Vikings rookie receiving records. And then as a receiver since the merger, those are both records as well: seven touchdowns. And what I love about Justin Jefferson, he's not a one trick pony. Um, you see him, you know, running sharp routes. He can go vertical. He can make catches when he's being blanketed he can go up high point the ball and he fights he fights for extra yardage uh he doesn't go down easy and he loves his fight he loves excitement then it's the whole the gritty thing yeah i know it kind of got overblown in the nfl (laughs) but the fact that he brought that to the vikings that element of fun to a team i really think needed it um just a home run pick and exceeded everybody's expectations you know where he is now I was hoping he'd get maybe in year three to see him do it this soon is especially when you look at with the COVID situation, yep. no preseason to get ready. I mean, this guy is something, he's something truly special. Yeah. It's fair to say he hasn't even reached his you know full potential yet. Absolutely. Um, any dislikes about Justin Jefferson? Uh, I dislike that they didn't use him very much the first two weeks. That's completely fair. All right. We'll move on to uh, Jeff Gladney. His yeah. uh, his rookie season was, was a little different. So so, what did you like about uh, about his rookie season? Uh, I liked his willingness to come up and make a hit. Uh, this guy was a more than willing tackler. He would uh, fly up. Didn't matter how big the back was. If it was a receiver, he would come up, take him on, and uh, didn't always work. He had a little trouble making those tackles in the Saints game. Uh, very up and down rookie season. You talk about things I didn't like. Uh, his coverage was you know a little spotty at times. Gave up um, way too much cushion to some of these receivers, but. That's not uncommon, seeing a corner in Mike Zimmer's system to struggle. We saw it with Mackenzie Alexander. We saw it Xavier Rhodes year one. We saw it, well, not year one, year two, I guess, when Trey he came Waynes. in Zim's system. Um, but then Trey Waynes, too, yeah. So they all kind of struggled. So that was not surprising to see. Um, I would have liked to see them get an interception or two. Uh, I think the one in Tampa probably should have counted when you go mm-hmm. back and look at the film. <laughs> um, but overall, I'm not down on Gladney. I you know, I would have hoped for a little bit more, but he had what eighty something tackles, eighty one yeah, tackles, seven tackles for a loss, broke up three passes. So, um, a lot of production there from the first round pick. So you can't really knock it at all. Yeah, I think he still has a ton of ton of potential left. Uh, all right, we'll move on to Ezra Cleveland. He uh, actually got a bunch of playing time this year. So, what did you like out of him? 
Uh, well, I like the initial boost he gave to the O-line when he first entered the lineup. We went on, like, on a three-game run there when he came in, and also the line was kind of holding its own and taking it to opposing defensive lines, um, which he didn't see uh, at all with this line. So he, he gave him an initial boost. He looked good right away. Uh, I do feel like later down the road, we started to see some of his flaws, um, just maybe not really understanding his assignments, maybe not having the power to hold up against some of these bigger uh, defensive tackles he was lined up against. But uh, for a guy coming in, playing a new position, uh, pretty pretty damn happy with how he did, to be honest with you. Um, it'll be interesting to see now moving forward what they're going to do. Are they going to keep him at guard, move him to left tackle, Riley Reef? I mean, there's a big, huge decisions they got to make there. So, uh, yeah, overall, I don't think you can be disappointed with Ezra Cleveland uh, kind of getting thrown in the action halfway through the season. No, it reminds me a lot of um, Brian O'Neill and his, his rookie season, how he had a lot of bright spots, but he also could tell that he was a rookie. Um, so yeah, we'll be curious to see if he they do move him to left tackle because Riley Reef does have such that you know pretty large cap hit, mm-hmm. um, and the Vikings need money just to get you know above the uh, the cap in twenty twenty one. Cameron Dantzler, what did you like about him? Well, I just I loved how he he figured it out. You know, with three quarters to the season, there was a stretch. I think a three game stretch. He was one of the top rated corners in the NFL, which is mm-hmm. crazy for a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, started making some interceptions late. He started showing some ball skills. Uh, another great tackler. I, I was not expecting this. This guy's skinny. He's lanky, but he would come up. He would make hits too. And to find two great tackling corners in this draft, the way the Vikings did, uh, was pretty damn impressive. The thing I don't like about him, it worries me. He only played in 12 games. He's shown some injury proneness. Um, I hope it's just a fluke. I don't want another Mike Hughes situation where we cannot count on this mm-hmm. guy. Because uh, me, Dantzler is going to be the star of the secondary moving forward. Obviously, you have Harrison Smith for a couple more years. Uh, but between Dantzler and Gladney, Dantzler's the one I think has a higher ceiling right now and the one I'm more excited about. I just think he brings so much to the table. And um, he's just such a smart player. And then to pick up Zimmer's scheme as quick as he did, to me, was very impressive. Yeah, he. Uh, I think Zimmer mentioned actually a bunch of times how uh, he needs to hit the weight room in, uh, in the offseason so he can stay on the field longer. Because I think Z- Mike Zimmer likes a lot, of, a lot of the things that uh Cameron Dancer was doing and uh they have a pretty good you know young corner duo you know heading into the next year and there's a lot to like about those two um all right so now we're just going to move into like the groups of players because there's just a lot because Rick Spielman got a little crazy last year and picked 15 uh rookies uh so the fourth rounders uh the Vikings picked DJ Wanham, James Lynch, and, and Troy Dye. What are some of the things you liked about these guys? Well, let's start with DJ Wanham. To me, he's the most impressive of these uh, three picks in the fourth round. Um, you know, I think every Vikings fan will be thankful for what Wanham gave us that this season with the hit on Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That pitcher is just iconic. <laughs> I mean, that was like the bright spot of the season when he forced that fumble, stealing the victory against the Packers. Um, three sacks, five tackles for a loss. I think it's you could argue he was the Vikings' best pass rusher uh, for the most mm-hmm. of the season mm-hmm. after Ngakwe left. Um, I do feel like he hit a rookie wall maybe halfway through. He just didn't seem to have get his home as much as he was early in his career or season here. Um, Troy Die, <laughs> he looks put, like a long snapper put, out yeah, there. Yeah, put some gloves on. Yeah, he, or something. Get some pads. <laughs> uh, anything. Get a marker, color your. I, I don't know. You need something on his arms. He needs to talk about guys need to hit the weight room. He's one of them to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was disappointing about Die? He played a lot more than I expected to see him out there. For such an athletic guy, he didn't really do anything. He didn't really. I think he broke up two passes, no tackles for a loss. 
Um, to me, he was just like a, a skinnier Ben Ben Gideon. Didn't you know, he's out there doing his job and not really doing anything special. So I think that was very disappointing. And he talked with another disappointing guy, James Lynch. Mm-hmm. Um, Vikings needing that interior pass rusher, needing that three technique to go up and blow up the interior of a opponent's offensive line, screw up the timing. He didn't really exactly have a lot of competition in, ahead of him with Jaleel Johnson, Shamar Stefan, Hercules Mata'afa, and this guy could not get a sniff. Um, I will give him credit, though, that bull rush he showed in the Seahawks game was very, very impressive. Um, I can't remember who he blew back, but right into Russell Wilson's lap and, and sacked him at the same yeah. time. Um, you know, not giving up on this guy by any means yet, but I would have expected to see more Orta Lynch, especially looking just at the – just the top of that depth chart was not good, and he couldn't yeah. he couldn't get much of anything. So, um, you know, I think he hit one out of three here in the fourth round, at least uh, from one after year one. One out of three isn't bad. Yeah. No, it's not too bad. Um, and moving on to the fifth round, they uh, added Harrison Hand and KJ Osborne. So, is there anything that you liked about those guys? I liked Harrison Hand. Um, I thought he showed a lot of potential. He's just aggressive. He's out there. He, he's you know he's. Maybe not really understanding his assignments, but he's out there scrapping. He's fighting. He had the interception against the Saints. Uh, I thought his coverage was actually pretty good most of the year. He was fairly close to his man. Didn't always make the play, but he was in the general vicinity, which you couldn't always say about Jeff Gladney or Chris Boyd or Chris Jones or some of those other guys who were out there this year. Um, so I do like Harrison Hand. I think he's got some potential to be in the mix as that third or fourth corner next year. It all depends, I think, what happens with Mike Hughes. Um, but I, I do like Harrison Hand. K.J. Osborne, I don't have much <laughs> – of anything nice to say about him. I did not like the pick when they made it. I thought it was this guy who probably should have been undrafted. You take him to be your punt returner, your kick returner. You basically give him that role. And he just showed nothing, no burst, no wiggle, nothing that makes me think he can be successful um, at that position. He's a wide receiver. When Adam Thielen was out, I don't know if he was even active that game. Uh, They called up Tajay Sharp. So the Vikings clearly don't see this guy as a receiver. Couldn't do his job as a return man. And of all the picks, talking fifth round and up, I don't know if he's going to make the team next year. Yeah, he was definitely disappointing for sure. The whole the whole special teams was just oh. incredibly uh, disappointing. And then the coach got fired and for you know good reason. Um, so moving on to the sixth round. These guys, uh, we didn't really see much of them. Uh, Blake Brandle and uh, Josh Metellus. Anything you liked about those guys? Um, not really. Blake Brandle. <laughs> he didn't play at all, did he? Well, no, he didn't play. He practiced squatter. And I don't know. You read his stuff on him. Not very athletic. Uh, mm. Sounds like he's a project. I don't know. Maybe down the road he can be a depth guy. I don't know. Not super excited. Mattelis, you know, I think he was out there on special teams. You look at yep. his stats, he actually had was like nine tackles and a couple of fumble recoveries. I don't remember that, In the Bears game, he had that fumble recovery? That was I him. Think. Okay. And, yeah, so – uh, Vikings definitely are going to need some depth at safety next year. Who knows what happens with Anthony Harris? I, I'm just assuming he's going to go somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, I don't want Mattelis to be in the mix to start, but at least be on the you know be on there for some depth, be a special teamer, because I think the whole special teams is going to be completely revamped. So maybe he'll be one of the top gunners next year. Who knows? But I think he has a little bit of something. Uh, I'm not really. I don't have any hopes for for Brandel at this point. <laughs> I mean, um, and then moving on to the seventh round, sort of sort of the same. Th- kind of things uh we have uh kenny willikis uh nate stanley and kyle hinton and i think there were there was another another pick brian cole but i don't i don't think he even made the team did he i don't think he made it through august i think he was uh right. like let go middle of august i think he's actually on the dolphins or something right now yeah so that was 
not a good pick by Spielman. Um, but let's go back and look at those other guys. Kenny Wilkes, to me, is the one who everybody, I think, wanted to see. Michigan State guy. Not very athletic, but he has got a motor. He's a hard worker. He's one of these guys you root for. Um, he's overcome some a couple injuries in his career. And he was a walk-on at Michigan State. Fought his way onto the roster. And he's just a high-energy, you know, bring-your-lunch-pail-to-work kind of a guy. And um, I would have loved to see him out there. I think he would have maybe got some playing time this year. Um, and actually for him to get injured, I think was a blessing in disguise. Cause I don't know if he would have made the team, but now they can stash him and, and he gets another shot to earn a spot on the team next year. Hopefully he's healthy and ready to go. Nate Stanley. Oh, he's got a big arm. Doesn't move well. Uh, him and Jake Browning are on the practice squad, grooming, marinating. Maybe we see them. I don't think so. I don't know. Sean Mannion. I think is his contract up. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I don't think those two are any worse than Sean Manning. Obviously, no. Manning's got a little more experience, but from a talent yeah. standpoint, um, I think he'll compete. Maybe you know, it would be fun to see him in the preseason next year, assuming there is one, see what he can do, and just see what he can – maybe he can be the next Kyle Solar that gets everybody excited. All right, so that's that's all the uh, players that they had in, in the 2020 rookie class. I want to get uh, your opinion on this. So George Payton is gone, the assistant GM for the Vikings, um, and he was there for 14 years and had, you know, Rick Spielman said he was like their top talent evaluator. Um, are you curious to see how much of an impact maybe like their, their drafting and what they do in the draft um, has or like the impact of him leaving has on, on all that stuff that they do this year? Yeah, it, it will be interesting because – I know you look at Spielman's draft and he gets a lot of flack sometimes, but I've actually been pretty happy with his picks overall. Even the ones that don't pan out, they're, they're usually taken where they're, where they're supposed to be. Um, and if that's just from the the lower tier scouting guys, giving them the, the insight on these guys or whatever it is, um, it'll be interesting to see what Patton's role and all that was and how much that changes. Um, if we're constantly looking at cornerbacks, if that was a patent thing, if that's truly a Zimmer thing. <laughs> um, but I think from a pure talent evaluation standpoint, this uh, front office has done a great job. And, um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see if the guys he's looking at in Denver are the ones that maybe would have fit well over here in Minnesota. So um, there'll be some of that to watch. But it's hard really to say until we mm-hmm. see it unfold here uh, moving forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to make a wild guess and say that Mike Zimmer has a lot of influence on them picking corners. Just just a hunch hey, that I have. I would think so. Um, think so. so looking at the draft uh, this year in 2021, the Vikings have the number 14 pick. Um, what would you say maybe are the, the, you know, the top three needs the Vikings should focus on improving with, with that selection? Yeah. To me, it's all about getting an edge rusher to pair with Daniel Hunter. I mean, I love DJ Wanham. Um, I think he's got potential. I do not, I don't know if at this point, if he's going to be a starter. So the two guys that come to mind, Quiddy Pay, Greg Russo, uh, I love them both kind of different kinds of players. Pay to me looks more like an Everson Griffin, kind of that squattier build, aggressive motor. It doesn't quick quit you see him making tackles eight yards down the field on running backs um you love the way he plays and he'd be a nice compliment opposite you know hunter greg russo is uh more the prototypical guy long arms um just if you look up defensive end nfl in the dictionary he should be the pitcher because he just looks the part 15 and a half sacks last year he's raw he's only had one productive year as opposed to pays done it for about three years now so those are the two guys because i think that helps you out on so many levels helps with your linebackers pressure up front can help with that young secondary uh, improve your defense uh, so much. Defensive tackle—that's another one. You got to find that three technique. Mm-hmm. You got to get a guy who can get in there and create interior pressure. And we just don't have it. And the guy right now who I think you consider—I don't know—14 is too high at this point. But Christian Barmore from Alabama, 
Uh, you saw what he did in the championship game, swatting down passes, um, just pushing guys back into the quarterback. He made life very, very difficult for Justin Fields in that game. Um, very, very high on him. And you got to look at a guard, too. I mean, I know why Davis got hurt. He was kind of the popular pick mm-hmm. for a while. Um, I don't know what the extent of his injury is, but there's another guy, Rashawn Slater. He can play anywhere on the O-line. Um, but it comes down to two of the Vikings. If you're looking at the line, you got to figure out what your plan is. Is, is Cleveland going to go mm-hmm. to tackle? Because then you really have two guard spots you got to fill. If you keep Reeve and you keep Cleveland, then you maybe only looking at one. So um, those are really the three positions, I think. Uh, defensive end, defensive tackle, and guard. I mean, obviously – if a wide receiver falls, I wouldn't hesitate to pull the trigger there. And quarterback, you got also got to consider um, anybody but Mac Jones, because to me, Mac Jones uh, is just Kirk Cousins 2.0. <laughs> and did you see that picture of him with the shirt off? That mm-hmm, was not mm-hmm. very impressive at all. <laughs> Might as well have, have me there. Um, he doesn't look like DK Metcalf? He does not. It's like he ate DK Metcalf. <laughs> um, I was just going to ask you, because um, I'm sure this is going to come up a lot during the next few months, just – you know, Trey Lance and him going to what, North Dakota State and being from Minnesota. If he's there at 14, what do you think the Vikings do? Well, I, I know what I would do. I'd take him. I, yeah. He's the kind of quarterback that just the league's evolving into. You want a guy who can make plays with his legs, who can be creative, who can uh, cause a defense so many different headaches. I know his, you know, maybe he's not super, super accurate, but in his questions about the level of competition, but we've seen these kind of players pan out in the NFL. Um, He's somebody I'd want, and I would ignore him the rest of my needs. If he's there, I would take him. I just yeah. don't know. I don't know if he's going to be. You see how you know how valuable quarterbacks get in mm-hmm. draft day, and there's so many teams picking ahead of the Vikings that need one. Um, I think the only re- way they really would have had a shot at the quarterbacks, they would have lost that game against the Lions. But uh, we won it, and I think they maybe just bumped us right out of that market. <laughs> All right, what do you think? Um, three maybe underrated needs are like the Vikings choose to fill this need with their 14th pick that aren't, you know, so obvious. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned our wide receiver is the one that I think really comes to the top first glance. You're thinking what they got Justin Jefferson, they got Adam Thielen. Well, Thielen, I think is going to be 31 when the season starts, he's under contract for three more years, but his salary, it's, it's a pretty big hit every one of those years. Um, and then what do you got behind those two? BC Johnson took a step back this year. Mm-hmm. You got Chad Beebe, who's strictly mm-hmm. a slot guy. Even though I, I did like what I saw out of him this year. Loved him year one, hated him year two, and I'm starting to love Chad Beebe again. But um, you get, Alexander Hollins got sniped from um, by the Browns, so he's yep. gone. Uh, KJ Osborne apparently is not even an option if they're not going to play him. Um, so you really actually need a receiver more than you, you kind of first think here. And uh, I tell you, if, if, I mean, I can't see Devontae Smith falling there now after the game he had. No. Mark Chase is very, very slim as well. Uh, who is it, Jalen Waddle? Is that the only option? But he's got Probably, a bum yeah. ankle, makes you worried. But he can be a return guy at least to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think wide receiver is definitely on the table. Um, again, we mentioned quarterback. Those are, if you're talking not real primary needs, those are the two that come to mind. Um, and an offensive tackle, too. I, I wouldn't call that a need, but the way things shake out, uh, it could become one where you definitely have to consider it. You know, Derrissaw is there, or Sam Cosme, somebody like that where – you, you think you can get your left tackle in the future and you decide to keep Ezra Cleveland at guard. Yeah, as weird as, as weird as it is, it doesn't seem like the Vikings have like one glaring need. Like they have, you know, they have needs and at a bunch of positions, but they're not like extreme where like they need a quarterback or, or they need a running back. 
So that's one benefit. So I think they can go into, you know, the 14th pick and maybe just add the, you know, best player available and then focus on maybe some more needs later in the draft and see if they can get that. And who knows, maybe they'll trade back and try and get that, uh, that second round pick back. And that, that wouldn't surprise me either. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, don't trade back just to trade back to get that pick back because we still have a ton of picks. So they yeah. have two thirds, two fourths. You can always move up if there's a guy you really want. Um, and the other thing, too, like I mentioned about the defensive line, you get Daniel Hunter back, you get uh, Pierce back. So you're going to get a boost, but you still need – I don't know if the, the guy we need to, to penetrate in the inside is on the roster right now. And then, again – I want to see Odenable go back to that bench role. As a mm-hmm. starter, he completely yeah. failed this year. So I do think he has still has a potential coming in, um, you know, cutting the snaps in half and just seeing what he can do back to what he did in 2019 as a, uh, you know, as a role player. So I think you got to find a starter. So even though you're getting a boost from the guys returning, I think you got to add a few more pieces to that D-line. And before we go, you mentioned when you're talking about edge rushers, talking about you just threw in – a comparison to, to Everson Griffin there, but he's a free agent this year. Um, and he's been uh, made it pretty clear that he would be fine coming back to uh, the Vikings. Um, well, what do you think about that? Would you welcome him back? Oh, absolutely. I welcome him back. You need him from so many levels, not just what he can do with on the field. The guy's still explosive. He's still quick, uh, but his energy, uh, he's so infectious. He's so, uh, wild. He just he loves playing the game. He plays it raw. He plays it wild. He plays it nuts. Um, and he's he's still got something in him. I still mm-hmm. think he's probably a you know a potentially up to a stick sack kind of a guy this season here. Um, you just wonder the comments that he made. Um, <laughs> maybe made like this not, yeah 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 maybe not uh, made this real possible to happen. Uh, but you know time heals all wounds. Maybe another yeah. month or two we, we forget about it and we know. Um, Griffin has had some issues, so who knows what's going on there. Um, mm-hmm. He probably needs to get off Twitter, number one. And mm-hmm. just, <laughs> a, lot of people, a lot of people do. As much as I enjoy reading them. Um, but, yeah, and he's a leader. So yeah, for I'd sure. love to have Griffin back. I wish we would have got him back last year. I think this would have – I think the Vikings potentially could have squeezed in the playoffs if Griffin was on this roster. Yeah. I think his year away, though, was good because it made him realize maybe he's not worth as much as he probably thought he was. So maybe he'll yep. just be – be cheaper this year and the vikings can can bring him in so yeah i'd be i'd be open to that too i think i've written about that but uh yeah i'd, I'd be fine with him coming back but, but that's gonna do it for today uh make sure to follow the viking age on twitter and facebook and subscribe to the podcast on apple podcast spotify wherever you get your podcasts um nick you have a podcast don't you uh we have a youtube channel one more oh, okay. love to show be sure to there check it out uh yeah one bar and lapagus yep all right, yeah, check that out on YouTube. I think what do you guys have like a thousand. You've hit a thousand. We're, uh, right? we're over two now. Two thousand subscribers. Two thousand. Oh man, making moves. Okay. Um, and then follow Nick on Twitter. You're at what? What's yeah, your Twitter? Lapagus. Okay. Yep. And then uh, and then check you check his content out on the Vikings, and you also write for what Zone Coverage. Zone Coverage. Yep. There you go. Check out all his, his Viking stuff. He's got good stuff. All right. Thanks, Nick, for, for hopping on. And until next time, we. Talk to you later.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.